Welcome, Cubs fans, and welcome to a brand new edition of Cubs on Tap. I am Ron Luce. I am joined by the one and the only Mr. Tyler Edmonds. My friend, we are here to talk about a series victory. Thank God. But before we get into everything baseball, how are you doing, my friend? Happy Sunday. Happy Sunday, Ron, man. I'm I'm good. I'm good. It's been a great weekend. And as always, man, it's good to get on here, talking to you, talking to everybody out there to just here to help fill that empty void in everyone's lives with Cubs baseball, that empty hole in everyone's lives with Cubs baseball. And like you said, we're talking, we're talking a serious win. So man, I'm I'm great. I'm great. Good, man. We love to hear that. I'm right there with you, man. We are talking a serious win. Um, per usual, I got a bone to pick with the Cubs because last week I was at the game on Tuesday night. They lose to the shit sucks. Yeah. And then they go and they walk it off the night. I'm not there. Go fucking figure. And then this series, they managed to lose the only day I'm in the damn bleachers. And, of course, it's with Mama Loose, the first time she's ever sat – well, at least the first time she's ever sat with me in the bleachers. Um, it's been probably 30 years since she's actually sat in the bleachers. Um, and, of course, they couldn't get a W, and we'll get into all of that here in just a moment. But otherwise, sir, I am right there with you. I am good. Um, Cubs series wins are helpful. Uh, Jeremiah here saying, Brewers swept the Rangers. That blows. It sure does, and we're going to talk on that at some point here in, in this show. Um, also echoing that with Jeremiah saying clutch homers by Saya and Mickey. And we will also get that to the year in two seconds because just like you said, Tyler, Cubs win. Cubs won a series. Uh, unfortunately, fall four to three on Friday, but managed to pick it up with six, four victories and four, three victories on Saturday and Sunday, respectively. Overall thoughts, Tyler, on this series from you. Series win. It was a series that we were supposed to win. It was game other than Friday, because like you said, Friday, and we'll talk about it. Friday could have Friday could have ended a little bit better. There was a few mistakes, a few mistakes that were made. Uh, Other than Saturday, maybe maybe the offense could have been, you know, a little better. But 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 with that being said, we won the series. Yes, it sucks that that the Brewers swept the Rangers. Nobody thought that was going to happen. But overall, we won the series. So, overall, good. Yeah, uh, good indeed. Uh, Scott, get your mama's name out of my mouth. She's not banned from How the bleachers. Dare you, Scott. Because, Scott. It is not her fault. It's Ron's fault. I'm diving in headfirst on this one, Tyler. We're just going to dive in because. I got you. I got Scott, you, friend of the program here, uh, is a big fan of a certain player. Um I got a bone to pick with Patrick Wisdom mm, I because had a hunch. he uh, let's start with that Friday game because mm-hmm. that's the game I'm most pissed about. Yeah. Obviously, me, uh, I, to be honest, because I missed most of that. I missed a lot of that game. So, yeah, let's fill yeah, me let's, in. Let's let's talk about it, because what ended up happening was just some frustrating shit. Right. Because you get one Patrick Wisdom error. And it it doesn't end up, you know, making sense. You're like, motherfucker, God damn it, wisdom. First off, looked at the lineup, saw him playing first, didn't like it to begin with. 
And then he manages to, to botch a ball. And the Royals, you know, put together a little bit of a run, ultimately ends in a sack fly that drives in Bobby Witt, who managed to get to second base because of a, a missed play by Wisdom on a throw that was perfectly hand, easily to handle by Candelario from third. Ends up in the dugout. Witt gets the extra base. The way this, the inning went, if Witt never got that extra base, he doesn't score. I know hindsight and as, and as 2020. We know, Bobby Witt's Bobby Witt's kind of fast, right? He's got some wheels. He's got some okay. wheels. Scores on a sack fly real easily. Sal Perez put it really deep to the warning track. No problem there. Even a good throw from Hap wasn't going to get wet. So ends up in that. Well, then he does it again. Allows another mm-hmm. runner on because of an error. And what ends up happening? Bobby Witt hits a two-run homer instead of a solo shot. So instead of a 3-2 game on Friday, we end up with a 4-3 game on Friday. And I know it's one game and I know we still won the series, but Tyler, like I told you pre-show, I know everybody's pumped. We won the series. That's all that matters. Yeah. It's all great and dandy until Milwaukee goes and sweeps Texas. We lost a game by winning a series this weekend. Every game matters at this point. It's the playoff. That's how the the coaching staff needs to treat this. I think that's how fans need to see this. Every game truly does matter. Because, yes, the Cubs are in a wild card spot. That's all fine and dandy. But look at that wild card race right now in the NL. It's not a guarantee the Cubs are going to make the NL wild card. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, everybody in there is is tied. It's crazy. It's chaos. Woo! At this point in the season, I get it. Analytics tell you that Patrick Wisdom's really good against lefties. That's great. But not only for them to... Right, Scott? Where is Mervis? No, I can tell you who should be playing first base. It's Candelario. You got the guy, you acquired him, and then you said he's going to play majority of his games at first base. Why is he playing third? Because then on top of it, and this is, Scott's just teeing me up here. Why was Magical Pins hitting for Wisdom? Because they don't have faith in Wisdom. So why is he in the lineup? Why is he in the lineup? If you don't have faith for, to, for him to hit against a lefty in the in a crunch situation like that, why is he in the lineup? Because you can literally look at that game and go, Tyone pitched really well. Tyone pitched really yeah, well. He did incredibly well, as a matter of fact. Only gave up the two earned runs. Yeah. But it's four runs on his card because of two Patrick Wisdom errors. The team didn't make any other errors that day. Mind you, they showed the graphic today. The Cubs have the best middle infield in baseball. By defensive run saved. Nico's second in the league in second base defensive run saved. First in the NL. Dansby is first in general at the shortstop position. When I, I'm at the point in the season now, Tyler, I thought about this a little bit earlier today, where if third base is going to be the Achilles heel of this team down the stretch, that's where you put your player that you're least concerned about or that you're most concerned about. Yeah. If you're going to play wisdom, that's fine. But then play him at third base. Why is he playing first when Candelario has shown you he is a very adequate defender at first base? Yeah. Because, again. And I feel like Patrick Patrick probably – I honestly feel like Patrick feels more comfortable at third base. Yes, absolutely. Like why put him in that situation? And he showed you why. Because yeah. he's not comfortable at first. He tries to make the the – the the he tries to he couldn't pick a basic ball where the pick yeah. is coming at his head level. At times he looks he looks more awkward than when Trey Mancini played. 
And that's and not Trey good. Mancini looked awkward AF at first base at Fact. times. Yeah. Fact. So, you know, again, I'm all I'm all happy about it. You know, Mr. Russ here saying Candy at third belly at first, Talkman in center. Or, or he even said, you know, PCA in center, which I, I, I'm going to get your, your thought on that. That that might be a part of my final thoughts for this episode. But it just – that's what makes Friday so frustrating, right? I'm still happy they won two of three. Don't get me twisted, folks. I know we're nine minutes in the show, and you're like, why is Ron mad? But the Cubs had an opportunity to sweep yeah. this series and keep pace with the Brewers. And at the and time, actually, it was the first game – it was game one of the series. Game yeah. One, and you're like – is this how this is this how this is going down this week? Right. This is this what's happening this weekend? Because like this is the crazy thing. I was talking to one of my buddies that's a White Sox fan about the Royals, and he's like, "Yeah, they're a pesky team for being what forty and whatever they are. They're a very yeah. pesky ball club. Like they play hard, and they got some dudes in that that pitching rotation pitch well all weekend. Yeah. I mean, Saturday was really the only day that their pitching staff got lit up in any capacity. So." Again, I'm going to digress in saying that, I mean, just plain and simple, Patrick Wisdom should not be playing first base. Not when games matter like they do right now. Because, again, you had the opportunity as the, as, as the Cubs, right? First off, makes Tuesday's loss to the White Sox look even worse, too. Yeah. Because you could have put your foot on the throat of the Brewers this week and been one game back, even if they did sweep the Rangers. Instead, you're three games back. And now that makes that series at the end of the month that much bigger because that, that one, God forbid the Cubs sweep them. It's a whole different standings and God forbid they get swept. It's a whole different looking standings. Yeah. So just further adding that the games coming up are going to matter. But again, every game matters and against these bad teams. I said, you know, they got to win. I just hope that in uh, Cliff Floyd talked about it earlier tonight on, on MLB network. I hope, cause he, he, I mean, he talked about it. He talked about taking, Splitting with the White Sox and losing two out of three to the Mets, and then losing to you know losing the first game of the series Friday, mm-hmm. and it's like we've talked about it on here over and over. I hope I just so really really hope that we're not sitting here at the end of the year picking out these games. You could probably go back and do like a montage of all these games we talked about these little these games that we should have won. And looking back, yeah, I get it, I get it. It's hard to sweep a sweep. No matter if, even if it's the Oakland A's, a sweep, it's difficult to sweep. But at the same time, I just hope we're not going back at the end of the year. Let's say, let's say we're out by one game, one game, and we'll just go back and look at all these little games that, man, if this would have happened, if this would have happened, if, if wisdom would have been out of the lineup, I hope that's not a question that we're talking about at the end of the season. To, you know, I hope that's not what David Ross is getting talked to are getting asked about at the end of yeah. the year. So why did, why did, why did Patrick was, you know, why, I hope that's not a, a conversation or a, an article we're having to write at the end of the year. Patrick wisdom was the reason, you know, I hope that's not the case, but yeah, I just, to go along with your point, I just, I just hope this is not, I, I'll echo it again, that it's not something we're talking about at the end of the year. Agreed. And I know Scott's defending wisdom in the comments and I get it. It's not all wisdom's fault. But again, if you are being put out there right now for this team at a position, you got to go play it. 
If you're wisdom and you're saying my wrist is still screwed up, as as Scott dropped in his one comment, he, here, may, this, he, might, he may be right. He, sure, he still might be hurt. He absolutely may be right. But that's also on Patrick Wisdom to be like, yo, coach. Yeah, my wrist is kind of fucked up. I might not be able to scoop that ball the way you're hoping I can at first. Why don't you play me at third instead? Or let's talk about it. Or maybe he should be on the IL if that's the case and heal properly. Yeah. Right? Because like, there's so much more. You can say all you want. Play. You can say all you want about his power. That's great. 14 of those home runs came, I believe, by the end of May. Yeah. 14 came by the end of May. So, yeah, yeah, you could say he has the most power on the team, but – Ask yourself, does he? Does he really? I mean, he's a strong SOB. He's not consistent, though. That's the yes, problem. He's not, it's yes. all fine and dandy to be the world's strongest man on the ball club, but if you're only hitting one out of every 14, you know, plate appearances that you this, see. this, Especially and at this time of the season, it ain't the, the, get little, the matchup game, I don't care about the matchup game with Patrick. Fact. Don't care about it. I'm at the point now, and this is kind of my closing thought on this, Tyler, before we look at actually positive things from the yeah. series, because they did still win two out of three. I'm at the point now where I'm ready to just see the best nine players every single day. Yeah. You because we're at the point now, like if you want to play with the, the order guys bat based on matchups, fine. Like if you want to elevate Christopher Morell against lefties, yeah. fine. Understandable. But – there, there's no need, especially if he's hurt, as Scott thinks he is, there's no need for an injured Patrick Wisdom to be in the lineup when you have a healthy Nick Madrigal, you have a healthy Mike Talkman. Because here's the thing. I'll take Mike Talkman going 0 for 2, but if he walks twice and he gets on base. Yeah, and right? you know he's going to play a solid defense. You don't. Right. I mean, he had the little blunder Saturday, but, dude, it, it the sun like, – Shit happens. Yeah, shit happens. Shit happens. So, uh, again – like Scott said, can't blame it all on wisdom. But when you look at the box score and you go, oh, why did why did Tyone have two unearned runs? And then you see that there's two Patrick Wisdom errors. You go, yeah, mm, that's not great. Mm. So, again, a, a, a shitty loss on Friday. But, again, to the good part, and this is kind of a, a theme across the whole. And see, Scott, we're all on the same page here. The best nine going forward, 100%. But the one thing I will say about this series, Cubs got good starting pitching the whole series. They did. Really good starting pitching the whole series. Just just listing off the 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 um, the stats here, Tyler. Tyone on Friday goes six innings, six hits. The four earned only two, or the four runs, only two of them being earned. Excuse me. Did not walk a single soul. Three Ks. Just gave up the one bomb to, to Bobby Witt. That was really the one big mistake that Tyone made in that game on Saturday. Friend of the program. Uh, NL Cy Young should be favorite. Mr. Justin Steele with his league tied league leading 14th win of the season, six innings, uh, six hits, just the two earned runs again, no walks once again with seven strikeouts. And then on Sunday, the professor took the Royals to class six and a third, five hits, just the one run, only one walk and three Ks starting pitching for the Cubs. This entire series walked one batter. That's really, really good. And that's going to get you really far if they are able to keep that up at the rest of the season. I agree. I agree. I'll be honest. Uh, this very first inning today with Kyle Hendricks gives up the run. I'm like, gosh. And, and to be honest, it also seemed like, other than the run, it also seemed like I was like, man, these guys are going to steal all over Kyle today because it seemed like he was slow to the plate. He does have a good pickoff move, but it seemed like today he was slow, or at least that first inning he was slow to the plate. But mm-hmm. dude turned around. And, and shut things down for five and a third more innings. 
So between that, I, I, I think I saw a stat today that it was their fifth straight. It was either their fifth or sixth straight quality start as a pitching staff, mm-hmm. which is really freaking impressive considering Heck that yeah. you don't have Marcus Stroman, possibly not even for the for the rest of the season. Yeah, we'll and get into that here in a little bit. Then you're bumping through guys like, you know, you've got Assad who's been great so far, a guy that that also hasn't hasn't been, you know, he hasn't been super used to doing that all season long, and he gets thrown mm-hmm. in and he's doing his job. So yeah. for a team that is desperately for this team to any, to come anywhere near the playoffs, whether it's wild card, division, whatever, that starting pitching staff is going to have to deliver every single game. And I know that may sound like a lot to ask for, but right now with the off, like, yes, Saturday was a nice six-run game, but with the offense being kind of eh right now, that's starters, the starting, the starting pitching staff has got to step up. And so far, at least this weekend, great, awesome, love to see it. Yeah, 100%. And Scott dropping some math for us here in the comments. He says 39 games to go, 20 wins gets you in the playoffs, 24 wins you the division. That's probably correct. I mean, they are going to have to play really good baseball here down the stretch. I would even argue that 24 might not be enough for the division. They might need 26. Especially if they're pulling games, especially if the Brewers are pulling games out of their ass against the Rangers. Yeah, it might be more than 24. Especially against the Rangers. Completely agree with you there, Tyler. Uh, A very good offensive ball club that they somehow managed to sweep this weekend. Yeah, crazy, man. Absolutely. I, you know, I, but again, I, I think that was the one saving grace of this series, despite the two out of three versus what could have been a swept. Because even the relief pitching was good, too, Tyler. I mean, I, I'm looking yeah. at the box scores here right now. Fulmer, Fulmer, Quas, Smiley, despite Quas kind of making shit interesting, was good. You know, Merriweather got beat up a little bit, as did Fulmer on Saturday, but they, they worked around it. And then on Sunday. I will say, though, Saturday, Saturday, Merriweather did get beat up. But the stroke, the two strike, that first, the very first batter he faced, his shit, his stuff was nasty, mm-hmm. nasty. Three straight pitches, all three of them had crazy movement on. I was like, dude, this guy's. And it, yeah, he does give up the run, but then, like you said, bounces back today. But man, when that guy's on, that dude is nasty. He really is, and I think he, today was a good example of that, Tyler. You bring that up, that one K that he had in the eighth inning against the Royals today. Uh-huh just a disgusting 99 mile priority heater high above the zone. Yeah. And again, it gives that illusion to the eye that it's like a rising fastball almost when you're throwing it that hard. uh, Again, you know, I I listened to a little bit on Thursday, Tyler, before uh, it was Cubs off day. Uh, I was heading out over to the BMW championship for those that weren't maybe following along all weekend on tap, got the, the, the honor and the privilege to, uh, you know, media credential cover the the BMW championship over at Olympia Fields. And I was listening to 670, the score. And that was the one thing they were talking about on the radio was this Cubs bullpen and how good they have been. And obviously this was coming off the, the morale walk-off, right? So like, you know, obviously Fulmer was a large topic of discussion as a part of that. But Merriweather was brought up in that. Lighter was brought up in that. They've found these guys now that have found their roles and, again, have overall been really good. And, Tyler, I know there was something that you wanted to talk a little bit about, and you brought it up when we were discussing pre-show. So let's get into it. Yeah. I know. Oh, and Scott yeah. kind of teased it up here, actually, for us. Elsley might have the highest ERA as a closer, but also have the highest conversion rate. 
Alzelay gave up two runs today. Still got the save. Still got the save. That is now number 18 on the season. I think he's 18 of 19, if I do my math correctly here. Yeah, I believe he has the, the most. Year. I think now he has the most saves since July 1st. Is that right? I know he was tied for first coming into today. It sounds about right. It sounds about right. Yeah. So, and, you know, a guy who's been really good, he's still getting the job done despite getting a little, little more beat up than he historically would. Do you, Tyler, have any concerns with a guy like Adbert down the stretch here if things start to fall apart? A little just because and, – and Rick Sutcliffe, it, it's crazy. Like we said before the show, Rick Rick Sutcliffe was talking about this right at the very beginning of his outing about finding that release ball on his breaking pitch or finding his release point on his breaking pitch. Because you could see like there was, there was a couple times – there's times where he'd miss high a little bit. He'd give up a hit here and there and talking about being more of that strikeout guy being more of that lockdown, shutdown strikeout, dude, as far as getting back to that. And it kind of showed today as far as giving up those two runs and making things interesting in the ninth and thinking, oh, crap, what's – I don't like this. But uh, like you said, he, he's he been impressive since July 1st. But at the same time, against some of these teams, you know, the Brewers who – Obviously, according to this weekend, are pretty good offensively against lock. You know, against some of these juggernaut offensive teams that we may see at the end of the season, he's gonna have to clean that up a little bit. I'm not. I'm not sitting here saying that. Oh man, he's because he's been he's been very good. He's been very good this whole season. But he's just this stretch right here. You got to clean that up because three two game, different story. 4-1, you come in, nice cushion. 3-2, one nothing. Can't have it. Can't do it. So hopefully, and, and like you know, I'm sure, uh, I'm sure Hadavi will, you know, take him to the pit. You know, they'll figure stuff out. But mm-hmm. yeah, other than I mean, I'm not, it's not like a he's done, you know, kind of thing like that. I'm not sure. Sure, 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 sure. Just you gotta clean it up just just a little bit. Just a little bit. Yeah, now is now is not the time of the season for it to fall apart. I, I agree with you there 100%. But on the topic, like you said, Tyler, you mentioned the offense here a little bit and, and the bats. Over the course of this series, obviously, you know, three runs on, on Friday, six on Saturday, which was great. Four today, that, that gets the job done. Power from guys like Cody Bellinger with the two homers on Saturday, Seiya Suzuki and Miguel Amaya. Uh, putting up some some dong shots here on Sunday in that win. Amaya's ended up being the game-winning run, technically. So yeah. uh, we love insurance runs when you can get them because that just shows why they're important. The Bats did enough, Tyler. Five hits on Sunday. They had nine hits on Saturday. They actually had ten hits on Friday, which is funny. Uh, a three-hit day from Nico Horner, for example. Two hits from Gomes and Suzuki each in that Friday game despite the loss. It, it feels like... Over the last five games now, since the start of the White Sox series, this offense has still been getting on base, which the Cubs yeah. are amongst the best in baseball on base percentage. Like they, whether it's walk or hit, they get on base. But the driving guys in with runners in scoring position seems like, I don't want to say it's becoming an issue, but like in the same kind of, I guess, gasp of air is what you, your concern is with Alzale, right? Of like, this is now not the time to regress to, Exactly. We can't get guys in when they are in scoring position, right? So, again, super happy, I think, overall with the bats. 
I love that the power has been there. I like watching Belly go oppo twice. I think that mm. is huge. Mm. Uh, of course, I giggled and laughed because both home runs were within like a stone's throw of where I was sitting on Friday. It's it's funny though. Speaking of Belly's Belly's home runs, they were talking on the broadcast just that morning. He came in and that's what he worked on was hitting it opposite, like opposite opposite field hitting. And he came in. I want to say maybe even the day before, and that's what he worked on. And then turns around, bang, two of them. It's it's amazing. That's what that is why they are professionals, right, sir? Like they are, they are just good at what they do. Sorry, I'm just over here pouring a little, little brewski, a uh, little Riverlands Brewing. A little shout out to them, uh, local brewery. They're up in St. Charles. This is called um, Aberration of Light. It's a double dry hopped, uh, double Indian Pale Ale, aka it's really heavy. That's all people should know. Um, but it gives a great color, and we'll uh, promote the the World Series glass here as well. So, and this has been a, a glass of beer with Ron Luce. <laughs> a glass of beer, a glass of beer <laughs> with Ron Luce. Anyway, uh, but no, man, I, I'm right there with you. I think from a from an offensive standpoint, there's some things that can get cleaned up. But again, dubs are dubs. Things are cool and tough. Uh, Tyler, we're about 26 minutes into this thing. We want to talk some some other news points here besides just this yeah. series. So let's dive into it. And the first one, let's start with. Just the Marcus Stroman situation in general, mm-hmm. because re- reports came out over the course of the last week, you know, maybe three, four days that that rib injury he's got going on is really nasty from what it's, it sounds yeah. like that he yeah. is just not having a good time. He's in pain. Like it hurts to breathe to an extent. Sometimes it hurts just to move at times. That gives me the impression that there is a world where we don't see Marcus Stroman before the year's over. Doubling down on that, the rumors come out today, and again, rumors, Bob Guyton at Nightingale reported, we'll preface with that, that the Cubs have zero intent of offering a a new contract to Stroman in any capacity. Tyler, you had a couple of thoughts on this, so I want to give you the floor here first. What say you on the Marcus Stroman situation? So I I will say I agree with what you're saying about his timetable. The more and more I read about it, it does not sound good because you're looking at taking three to four weeks off, just doing nothing. And then a few weeks, you know, like a week or so after that to maybe do like some therapy and just to get back to throwing. So in my head, it seems like we're, we're not going to see him the rest of the season. With that being said, yeah, Booby Nightingale on his, <laughs> he has a weekly blog that he, I believe it's a weekly call, a weekly column or whatever you want to call it. And he said, the Cubs said, the Cubs said they do not plan to extend Marcus Stroman this offseason. And my first thought is like, who, who in the world right now in that front office at this time of the year, this time of the season where they're in the middle of a playoff chase, who who would be dumb enough to say anything even remotely close to that? I'm not, I'm not buying it. Now with that being said, do, is there a world where next season we don't see Marcus Stroman on the Cubs? Yeah. But at the same time, depending on how this injury goes, let's say it's, let's say it's something super serious. 
Well, hell, he's got a $21 million player option for next season. So he could be like, hey, I'm, I'm kind of hurt. I think I'm going to take that player option. So they're going to see me next year, whether they like it or not. Or maybe, who knows, maybe it's something something uh, not that serious. And either way, you just don't know yet. So for Bob Nightingale to say that, it's like, you know, man, whatever. I get it. You've got your you're, you're, oh, you're trying to get eyes and clicks. Again, he's coming back, folks. Don't go. But anywhere. it's like. I'm just not, I'm not buying. I'm not, I'm not buying it. At least not right now. Yeah, I agree. Uh, anytime Nightingale says something, I've learned to take it with a grain of salt as a baseball fan. It's like but agreed. Ball. Like who, who is coming out, right? Like you said, who is really talking right now in this front office about shit like that? Because yes, obviously people have the, the off season in their, in their back pocket in terms of their thought process because of, the Shohei Otani sweepstakes that's going to be inevitably occurring because of Cody Bellinger being a free agent, everybody in the world wanting him to remain a cub, myself included. So it's natural for that thought to be in people's minds, but I agree with you there. Um, and, you know, like Scott says, you know, they probably do prefer to keep Stroh on the player option so they can easily extend a guy like Bellinger. I agree because Strowman technically would make, would make $4 million less than he did this year. It would be a $21 million player option instead of the 25 that he's made over the last two years. So I think there is a world where he could get that, especially because he started to struggle down the stretch and then he gets hurt. And maybe he says, Hey, look, like I got beat up. I know this is a guaranteed 21 mil that I'm going to get, you know, I will stay for one more year, especially knowing that this team, especially if you run it back with Bellinger like a, and like a prove it, I'll, I'll prove it to you. Deal. Yeah. Like, Let me take that 21 million. I'll prove that I'm, I, I am that guy again. Yeah, that I can go out and get another three-year, you know, $30 million a year type deal. Um, again, as especially as a starter that doesn't exclusively rely on velocity, a guy that's probably going to age pretty well as a pitcher. So I agree with you there. I think it's an interesting situation to monitor in terms of the Marcus Stroman stuff. Certainly something that we at OnTap Sportsnet will keep an eye on and, and comes on tap here. So, um, but definitely, definitely something to keep an eye on. But agreed, I don't know who the hell's talking. But that being said, I, I think if you, you had a gun, metaphorical gun to the, the front office I said right now and said, who is it, Stroman or Bellinger? They're going to take Bellinger every time just because of how good he has been this season. And, oh, yeah. <laughs> and your, the look at your face uh, says it all there, Tyler, yeah. in agreement um, as well. But speaking of improving this team, Tyler, you you just pitched this in the pre-show, and I, I, I thought it was such an intriguing idea that we had to include it in the show. So – Naturally entering this offseason, right, there are a couple of, of big question marks on this team. Starting pitching is starting to look like one just because of everything that is occurring and, and it is going to happen, um, you know, over the course of, of the next, you know, month and a half or whatever. Third base and first base, right? More so long-term, obviously, yes. Bellinger, if he resigns, he's in the fold. He can play some first. If Candelario maybe comes back on a reasonable deal, you know, another guy that can play some first and even third to to a fault, right? But let's just hypothetically say, right, that third base is that that probably the most the biggest question mark because there's no real organizational depth at that position. There's a couple of guys at first. I know everybody and their brother and, and uh, Scott. I'm just gonna you you know refer to your comment again earlier, buddy. About the right, like where's Matt Mervis? Now, Matt Mervis. Matt Mervis is the first base from the future. Watch out for Hayden McGeary. I don't know if anybody's been keeping up with that guy. 
was a 2022 draft pick. He was a D2 product, so he wasn't even D1 college baseball. D2 out of Colorado Mesa. I think he was the D2 player of the year, if I remember correctly. All the dude knows how to do is hit. He hit like 350 at high A ball and then went to double A and said, hold my beer, and he's hitting like 285. All the dude does is hit as a first baseman. So keep an eye eye on him. They have depth at the the first baseball. And if you now go to the new updated MLB pipeline rankings, in case everybody didn't know and didn't see the article over on tapsports.com, the, the, the pipeline has been re-ranked and reformatted and everything. So the, the positions, the top 30, the top 100, it's all updated. The Cubs have two first-base prospects in the top 10 of the position, McGeary and Mervis. So keep an eye out for that. The Cubs are the Cubs got some depth now at the first-base spot. There is not anybody in, in their right mind right now at the third-base position. You, sir, had an interesting opinion on a guy we just saw a lot of this weekend. So I'm going to give the floor to you, Tyler. What are your thoughts so, on uh, third base of the future? So there was a question brought up a few days ago about the Royals and how they don't have much of a farm system. They need to maybe rebuild their farm system a little bit. They need to get maybe maybe a few pieces added to their farm system. So the thought was, what if they traded Bobby Witt Jr.? So I said, huh, what if we traded for Bobby Witt Jr.? And the more I got to thinking about it, I was like, you know, I'm on board with it. You give maybe a couple a couple prospects, maybe not your, your number one, your number two. Your, I mean, you would probably have to get a lot for him. I mean, the dude, the dude's the only play, the first player ever to have back in his first and second seasons 20 Tyler, home runs. The technical difficulties. Base. Thanks, everybody, for oh. putting putting through it. Hey, you might want to repeat that thought there, Tyler. It, uh-huh. um, you cut out a little bit on us. Oh, trade, tra- trade for Bobby Wood Jr. <laughs> As the, uh, you know, I would give up some of our prospects right now. Maybe not like our top one, two, three, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. let's be honest. Bobby Wood Jr. Second, second overall pick, what in 2019. Mm-hmm. So, and the first guy or uh, the, the first player ever, his first two seasons, 20 home runs, 30 stolen bases. The guy, the guy would look beautiful, beautiful in Cubs pinstripes at third base at Wrigley Field. The dude was a Cub killer just this weekend. I mean, we all saw it offensively, defensively. The dude had the what he ran 90 feet earlier today to, to save a possibly a run with that little with a slide and catch he had. So yeah. I would be on board with a Bobby Witt trade. You know, and Tyler, you bring that up, and I think the beauty of that is the nature of the re-rankings of the prospects, right, that we just discussed with MLB Pipeline. In case you missed it, folks, the Cubs are now the number fourth-ranked farm in all of baseball. They're up there again. They're amongst the, the top of the, you know, the creme de la creme of minor league talent. This, this farm is as deep as it's been since 2015. I think it's certainly possible. And here's the reason I think that the Cubs could potentially kick the tires on the trade, truthfully, Tyler, if it was an option. And Scott says here, he says, great idea, but the Royals wouldn't trade Merrifield, so I don't think they will. Fair. But Bobby Witt if they were willing to move Bobby Witt, 
which the only reason I think they don't is because he's only 23 years old. True. Still hella young, right? That's that's a face of the franchise type player, especially when you look at his numbers. I got his numbers here for you, Tyler. Real interesting. On the season, he's got an 820 OPS, 281 batting average. He's been good. Mm-hmm. But in his last seven games, he's got a 419 average and a 774 slug. I mean, he's a he's an 1100 OPS player in his last seven. He's a 1000 player in his last 15, 365, 412, 683. Even in his last 30, though, he's still a high 90s OPS player. 344, 378, 609 in his last 30 games. That's 128 at bats. Like this guy is hot right now. That's the reason he was a Cubs killer. Shortstop when last season he was their third baseman. They said, "Hey, just come over to short and do that." So the dude's athletic enough; he could go back to play third to play in third base if he had to. So, one hundred percent. I got the numbers for you. About it. Yeah, I, I got the numbers here for you, Tyler. He's played twelve career games at the DH spot. He's played two hundred and twelve of his career games at shortstop. Two hundred and eight total starts, but fifty-five games, fifty starts at third base. The guy knows how to play the position. He started, like you mentioned, started there in 2022. They moved him over to short. Um, I think he's naturally a shortstop by trade. So when he came up and moved to third, like it's not out of the realm of possibility. But again, if the Cubs were willing to pay the prospect investment for a guy like Bobby Witt Jr., it would certainly make a lot of sense. Hey, hey, hey. A hole at third. Throw in, throw in blue-eyed, beautiful blue-eyed Patrick Wisdom. (laughs) <laughs> and he's 20 home runs. I would suggest not playing him at first. But throw DH him. him. Yeah, DH throw him in too. You guys took a guy from us a few years ago, I think, in Jorge Soler. And look, sure what, look how that panned out for you. So you know what? You take Patrick Wisdom from us. You throw in Bobby Witt Jr. We'll throw you in a couple little nice, shiny little pieces. Wham, bam. Thank you, ma'am. Bobby Witt Jr. is a cub. 2024 spicy i'm a fan of the idea tyler i truly am one last thing for us to talk about here tyler before we go ahead and look ahead to the upcoming road trip for the cubbies um and the first iteration of that against the detroit tigers uh the dfa news of one mm-hmm. tucker barnhart um scott brought this up a little bit earlier he says i don't hate the dfa of barnhart uh but i would i would have loved had Mervis or PCA been called up fair. Um, I think I truly think with the Mervis thing, they're leaving him down for the rest of the season. They want him to be in triple a the rest of the year. And I don't think that's a bad thing. Master Boney has just the, the front office has a master boner for master Boney. It just is what it is. Like they, yeah. they really like the guy. So I wasn't terribly surprised there. I think it shows that we might not see Marcus Stroman anymore because Tucker was kind of his catcher. Yeah. Truthfully. So there is a world where I could see the Marcus Stroman injury maybe playing into the DFA of a guy like Tucker Barnhart because of that's his kind of catcher for the most part. And I mean, Gomes has caught him quite a bit too, but like Tucker was kind of his guy. Dude, there was a point. When was his last outing? When was uh, Tucker's last start with the Cubs? It was just a few days ago. There was a point where when he, when I saw him batting, Tuesday, I saw him batting. It was one of those things like, oh, he's still on the team, huh? 
Yeah. <laughs> you know, like no not offense, anymore. But yeah, not yeah, not anymore. But not anymore. He's gone. So uh, you know, and I, I think that's a perfect transition, maybe here, Tyler. Uh, obviously, please give your thoughts on Tucker Barnhart as well. But with the DFA of a guy like Barnhart, I think it just shows this team is not afraid to get rid of guys that they brought in yeah. this year. I think there's a world where that could happen potentially with a guy like Patrick Wisdom if yeah. it comes down to it. Oh, yeah. But that being said, to Scott's point a little bit, again, I don't think we see Mervis anymore this year. I think we'll see him next year. I don't think we'll see him this year. But I think there's a world where PCA gets a cup of coffee with the Cubs in September. And maybe does really well. Maybe you give them that 10-game cup of coffee in the beginning of September and say, look, kid, if you're doing the what you've been doing at every other level, maybe you're not hitting 280, but you're hitting only 240, but you're giving us those game-changing plays and playing quality yeah. gold-glove defense in center field. I agree. I think we could see PCA down like, the stretch I like here. The, so. I like the 10-game uh, like cup, cup of coffee idea. You know, give them 10 games. If he, if he swims, he swims. If not, don't leave him up. It's like, hey, that's fine. You're still you're still a guy. Like dude, you're, you're still, still that dude. Yeah. Don't you just just at this point in the season, it's like, thanks for coming, but like just we can't we can't risk it right now. Uh, but like you said, if he has like these game changing plays and at bats and everything like that, hell yeah, screw screw it. Let him come up and see what happens. I mean. He, over over the past what twenty years, you can just go back and look at all the times that teams have like caught up guys just at the you know at the end of the season to make huge. I mean, look at David. I know he's a pitcher, but like David Price, for example, the dude was mm-hmm. pitching for Vandy in the College World Series, and then just a few months later was pitching in the World Series. So it's and then there was a dude for the Royals not long ago, same thing. So yeah, if it works, it works. As far as uh, the Tucker Barnhart news, news. Uh, I know, I know a lot of the guys were like on, on the broadcast was like, yeah, he was a, you know, great clubhouse guy and all that. But I'll be honest, I, I was looking at it as it was, it was only a matter of time, really. And you know, I agree. This I like, and I don't mean this in a bad way as far as these guys getting DFA'd, but I like this idea. I like this this attitude and mindset as far as I don't care who you are if you're not cutting it you're not staying just ask Eric Hosmer former World Series champion Gold Glover just ask Trey Mancini former World Series champion now ask Tucker Barnhart former Gold Glover look and and like you said I kind of like that you know as far as Patrick Wisdom hey these three guys, we let them go. But but on that same note, Patrick Wisdom also wasn't getting paid as much, and he's got, I believe, three three options left. I don't know. Something like that. Something. But I, I like this. I like this, if that's the right way to say it, I like this attitude slash mentality that they have, this front office has that says, hey, if you're not – I mean, just look what they did to Drew – I mean, I know he's still on the team, but, hey, Drew Smiley – I know we signed you to be a starter. You're going to the bullpen, man. Yeah. This isn't working. So I like I like this attitude that they have, this approach as, you know, don't care who you are. If you're not cutting it, you're not playing. You're not, you know, you're not, it's not working out. Sorry. Thanks for coming. 
next. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I- completely, completely agree. Uh, back to that PCA note here really quick. Scott says it'll be exciting after the minor league season ends. For what it's worth, the Iowa Cubs are currently uh, number one in the International League West, both in the second half hey. of the season and of the um, overall season statistics. So they will probably be in the AAA playoffs. So, again, if they are bringing up PCA, it is truly to say, we think you can help us down the stretch. Yes. And if you can't, we'll send you back down and we'll let you get that experience in, in Iowa. But – I th- I really do. I really think there's a world when September call-ups open up on September 1st that PCA has got a chance to be yep. one of them. And if they and give I'm him re- 10 games and say, do what we think you can do. And if he's helping them win ball games, he's up. And if he's not, that's okay. And he goes back down and he helps and he helps the Iowa Cubs do some good stuff. So I, and I, I, was say, I agree with, uh, I also agree with the whole Matt Mervis not coming up. It wouldn't shock me either because it seemed like, and he may be a different hitter now. It just seemed like at the beginning of the year when he did get called up, it seemed like there were so many times where he was trying to hit a six-run home run, you know, with, mm-hmm. with nobody on base. You know what I mean? It seemed like there was times – and it's, I think it's just him being young, inexperienced, you know, maybe, maybe something like that. And that's something, once again, with this team in the spot that it's in right now, maybe that's not the best idea. So I, I agree. I, I wouldn't be surprised if we didn't see Mervis at all. Agreed. Agreed wholeheartedly. Tyler, I want to turn the mic over to you really quick, sir. Final thoughts before we look ahead to the Detroit Tigers. Final thoughts. Uh, series wins are nice. Series wins are nice. Should have won the first one. But with that being said, we've got – I feel like you're probably fixing to talk about it right now. Got to keep the freaking cleat on the – throats absolutely 100 percent agree a couple of final thoughts from some of our uh our listeners as well some good comments that have come up here over the the course of the show uh scott saying assad for rookie of the year it would be cool man i i, I would be for it i'm never against cubs getting some love and some honor uh hank rodriguez dropping into the comments here a little bit earlier saying broken rib cartilage happens on high impact trauma how long before we find out the real reason for marcus stroman's injury I think that's going to be something very interesting to to keep an eye on. Again, I really do think that Stroman situation is going to be drawing a lot of headlines kind of down the stretch here. So something that we'll be keeping the eye on as well. My final thought for you, Tyler, is this. Really, it's just a stab at I don't understand why the Brewers are winning baseball games, right? Because like we said, the standings, Cubs are three back of the Brewers in the NL Central. Cubs currently sit in the last wildcard spot. They have a game on Miami, Cincinnati, and Arizona for that last wildcard spot game on the Reds for second place in the division. Mind you, Tyler, in case you didn't know, the league uh, average currently for OPS this season is 733, right? The Milwaukee Brewers have just one player above an 800 OPS on their in their starting lineup as of today's game in their, their win over the Rangers, right? That is Christian Yelich. He's having a good year. Uh, I'll call it for what it is. 829 OPS. Looks really good. For reference, the Rangers have one, two, three, five guys over an 800 OPS in their lineup. Five guys. They had uh, Duran, 814 OPS. Lowe is an 819 OPS. Garver is an 855 OPS as a catcher. It's pretty good. Uh, Corey Seager's lighting the world on fire. He's a 1,071 OPS. Stupid. Uh, and then Simeon is an 810 OPS. Remember that 733 OPS average 
that I told you about there, Tyler? Oh, yeah. The Brewers don't have anybody other than Yelich that qualifies for above average. Why in the fuck is this team sweeping the best offense in baseball? It doesn't make sense. It's infuriating. This is why. Bullshit. It it is. And I get it. They pitch well. I got it. Trust me. I, I have Freddie Peralta on a fantasy team. I know how good he's been lately. I know how good Brandon Woodruff and Corbin Burns are. But the fact that this team. This Milwaukee Brewers team is number one in the NL Central with eight players that are below league average and OPS in their lineup on a day they beat the Texas Rangers is stupid. Yeah. And this is why, but it's what makes baseball baseball. But it's also another reason why I hate the fucking Milwaukee Brewers, Tyler. I mean, they basically don't even have a home stadium. So, no, they don't. I don't even know why they have home jerseys. So, it don't make sense. It's just that it's that Brewer bullshit. It is. It is. It is. That brewer bullshit indeed. Uh, But nonetheless, I digress. We will go ahead and look forward. Tyler, we are looking ahead to two games because we will be back live on Tuesday night. Why, you might ask? Well, our friends over at the Dingers podcast are live right here on the ONTAP Sportsnet YouTube channel on Monday evening. They will go live between the 8 o'clock and 8.30 slot. Uh, usually about 8.15 is right around when they go live central time. Um, be sure to tune in. Join the comments exactly like you do with us here at Cubs on Tap. Show the Dinger boys some love. But they will be live probably right after the game, actually, because uh, the Cubs got some early ones this week, folks. 5.40 start time on both Monday and Tuesday. In Detroit, uh, they will trot out um, two different pitchers in this one. Shocking, I know, but it will be Javier Assad taking the bump first on Monday. Tyler um, Assad, pretty good on the year, three eleven ERA. He's two and two record wise. He'll be going against. I got to look up this guy's first name because I've legitimately never heard of him. Alex Fado, twenty seven year old right hander. He's two and four on the year with a five sixteen ERA on the year. Um, and then, as we noted again on Tuesday, when you will hear from us again, currently Drew Smiley is star- is slated as the starter. For what that's worth, um, there were some reports that came out from David Ross that they would explore the idea of, of putting Smiley back into the rotation uh, because of injury and things like that. MLB.com has him listed as the starter for Tuesday. We will see if that still holds true. Um, but if that is the case, he will be trotted out against another right-hander for the Tigers. This time it will be Reese Olsen, uh, the right-hander, 2-5 and five on the air with a 4.83 ERA. Tyler, you know the drill. What's it going to take for this Cubs team to get two of three, bare minimum, against this Detroit Tigers team this week? Well, to be honest, I don't think, at least for the first game, we're not, we're not, we're not going to have to worry about starting pitching. Javier Saad, I'm expecting him to go at least six-plus. Here's Hell the thing. Yeah. You look back at these like these two pitchers you just you just named off with with the Tigers. You look at those numbers, you're like, yeah, we should tee off on them. With that being said, here lately, a couple of the Royals guys that, that we faced this weekend, you had freaking uh, Tiki uh, Tiki Timbo from the White Sox. Tuki Tucson. You had those <laughs> um, you had those two dorks for the Mets that well. Yeah, that had like ridiculous, like just horrendous stats. And you think, oh man, 
we got to crush these guys. You see this, think the same thing. Just just score a couple of runs. Get, give Javi some give Javi some run support, please. And Drew Smiley, big start for Tuesday. That guy's got to come out. And that I don't care that it's the Tigers. I don't care that I don't even know where they are in their division, but I know it's probably not good. I don't care. He's got to come out and show out. It's got to be it's it's got to be quality. It really does because it's huge. That spot right there that he's pitching in that is going to be huge down the stretch, especially with like we've been saying over and over. Strowman's out. Who's going to step up and take it? Drew Smiley. You got to step up Tuesday, man. You got to step up Tuesday. But if that's if he does, might be a nice little series for us. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Uh, good pitching in the course of this series and the batch. You just need timely hitting. Timely hitting and play good defense. And as long as you get that good pitching as well, good things are going to happen. Just a couple of notes to add on to that, Tyler, as you mentioned, right? I uh, agree with you, right? The, the Cubs have had opportunities to beat up some of these guys with inflated ERA totals this year, and they just simply have not. Or they come out and those starters put up just – they have a really good day. Again, it's baseball. It happens. Um, but a couple of things to keep in mind of why I think these first two games are so important for the Cubs in the series because, A – on Wednesday, you have Tariq Skubal going for the Tigers. By far, probably their best pitcher in their starting rotation. He's got a 376 ERA. Uh, he's a lefty. We know how the Cubs are right now with lefties in that weird lineup that David Ross likes to trot out. And that's a getaway day game. So after playing at 540 Central Time on Tuesday, they play at noon on Wednesday. It'll be Jamison Tyone on the bump for that game. So things to keep an eye on there. Uh, but you mentioned the standings, Tyler crazy crazy thing here with the standings of the of the AL Central the two teams that we just saw the Chicago Cubs just saw in the Kansas City Royals and the Chicago White Sox are below this Detroit Tigers team in addition this Detroit Tigers team is only a game and a half behind the second place Cleveland Guardians in that division granted the the Tigers are 10 games below 500 57 67 59 and 66 are the Guardians but even your first place Minnesota Twins are within striking distance. Only seven and a half games back are the Tigers of the 65 and 60 uh, Minnesota Twins. This is a Detroit Tigers team that despite we seeing the Tigers and saying, oh, well, the White Sox and Royals are usually better than the Tigers. That is not the case statistically this year. The Cubs cannot overlook this team. They cannot no. continue to play down to their competition no. as they have in the last two series, despite those becoming – a split in a series win, they have to take care of business against the Tigers. Minimum two or three, a sweep would be nice. And then you go play the Pirates, who's a team that you've 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 beat up on historically as the Cubs. And there's a little more, maybe saving grace there with that series. And it's a four game set, which is even better. I'll be at one of those games, by the way. Yes, you will. Uh, so we'll be on the lookout for uh, for anything that you share from us, sir, yeah, yeah, yeah. on the old socials. One quick question for you, Tyler, before we break this thing down. Who is your fly the W player uh, for this upcoming Detroit Tigers series? Fly the W player. You know who I'm going to go with because he looked pretty good today. I'm going to say a Suzuki. That dude's hit the ball hard here lately. <laughs> I know who going to say. I don't know if, uh, I don't know if uh, everybody else does. You back? You, you cut out on us. You said Seiya Suzuki, correct? Seiya Suzuki, man. Yeah. Seiya Suzuki. The dude looked good this weekend, had a home run today. I'm going to say I think he's back. Seiya's back. 
I like that. I like that a lot. I hope he's back too. I think a guy that is incredibly important uh, to this really upcoming run over the next month and a week or so of the season here to round things out for the Cubbies. I'm going to go with a guy who has delivered in big game moments so far recently, but I feel like we've, we've been waiting for him to get hot again and I'm ready for him. I think he can carry this team in, in the next seven games on the road against the Tigers and Pirates but I would really love to see a big series out of Christopher Morrell. So I'm mm. going to take Mr. Mr. Amorty like Paz himself as my fly the W pick against the, the Detroit Tigers. Tyler, before we get out of here, reminding everybody comes on tap one of two official podcasts here for the on tap sports network covering the Chicago Cubs. Be sure to follow our friends over at Dinger Cubs on the socials. Uh, the Dingers podcast will be live right here on Monday night from the ONTAP Sportsnet YouTube channel. You know the drill. Like, subscribe, hit the bell button. You'll always know when all of our great shows go live here at ONTAP Sportsnet. Again, the Dinger Cubs boys are at Dinger Cubs on Twitter. Be sure to follow us as well. Uh, we are at Cubbies on Tap, C-U-B-B-I-E-S on the socials. I am at Loose on Tap, at Teddy Freddy 270 at Juice on Tap, at Joey Knows Nothing, at Nick underscore on Tap, at Bulls Guy Rob. You know the drill. Show everybody some love. Bears, Bulls, Blackhawks, we got the whole nine. Bears guys were li- – or Quentin did a great job with a guest live last week for Bears on Tap. Uh, you will hear myself and Juice back on the show hopefully this week uh, after preseason game two. We are inching closer to football season. We're also inching closer to basketball and hockey season. Be sure to tune into all of those shows for the fall and winter sports as well. And Cubs fans, you know the drill. We all got friends that unfortunately like the lowly Southsiders. Send your friends to our friends as the boys at Sox on Tap do a great job covering the Chicago White Sox. They were live a little bit earlier for their Sunday fun day episode. On tapsportsnet.com at on tapsportsnet on social media, on tapsportsnet. We're going to check out what's on tap in Chicago sports. Tyler, it is always a pleasure, my friend. Thank you for joining me. Two or three for the Cubbies against the Royals. Big series coming up against the Tigers. Big series coming up against the Pirates this week before the Brewers come to town at the end of the month. Tyler, what say you? We get out of here the only way we know how it comes on tap? Yeah. St. Louis, don't think we haven't forgot about you. You guys got spanked by the Mets this weekend, 13-2 to one game, 7-1. to Just before that, you lost to the A's, 8 to nothing. Got to looking at some of your stats. Oh, Wayno, Wayno, don't don't forget about me, Coach. Don't forget about me, even though uh, I'm getting up three on runs, eight on runs, seven on runs, four on runs, and two on runs in my five blast starts. Fuck the Cardinals. That's what I got to say. And let's go, Cubbies, baby.